The Rebel Leadership Podcast, a refreshing take on authentic leadership told through real stories. Let's smash the status quo and change how leaders lead once and for all. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Dr. Igor Gosev, one of four cardiac surgeons at the University of Rochester Medical Center. He's a key opinion leader for mechanical circulatory support. In other words, he performs and educates nationally on his innovative surgical techniques in heart surgery. Dr. Gosev is a natural leader in the OR. But before we hear from him, Amy Quinlan will first paint the picture of the operating room team dynamic. She's a nurse practitioner with years of experience specializing in heart failure. Amy, thank you for being on our podcast. Tell us a little bit about your background and um, your credibility in this space of healthcare. Sure. So I am a nurse practitioner, been working with heart failure and cardiac surgery patients for most of my career. Currently, I work sporting operating room cases with Dr. Gosev and the team here at the University of Rochester Medical Center. So when you, when you talk about heart surgery, right, for, for anybody not in healthcare, um, it just seems like this, this very complicated topic. Um, and it's hard to break down like what that really means. So what are some scenarios? Like why would patients undergo the various types of heart surgery that's done at the medical center? So there's lots of different kinds of heart surgery. So they may have, or may not have had a heart attack leading to this. Somebody may have valve issues. So there's four valves in the heart. So they may have some kind of issue with one of those valves, such as a leaky valve or a tight valve where they may need it fixed. We also have heart failure, which is actually Dr. Gosev's specialty, where the heart is failing to the point where the patient's not well supported for blood and they go into a shock-like state. Those are some common ones that you may have heard of before. So speaking of Dr. Gosev, um, what, can you just articulate his role um, in the heart surgery practice at University of Rochester Medical Center? So the University of Rochester is a teaching institution. So there's a lot of teaching that goes on, but as an attending surgeon in the case, he is the leader in that surgery. When he's in that surgery, there's lots of people around him supporting that role, but he is the boss, what he says goes. And it's very interesting what we see in a surgery compared to outside of the surgery where what the surgeon says isn't questioned. Hmm. It's you go with it, you know, and maybe after the case, you can be like, why'd we do things this way today? Or why didn't we do it this way? But in that moment, there's never a question of why. That's fascinating. So you're talking about the moment in the surgery room. So let's break down the surgery room for a second. There are many different roles in the team that is in surgery. So talk to us about the different types of roles just for Um, context and clarity about how the different pieces work together to make up the team that he then leads. Sure. So first you have the attending surgeon, and then he'll also have typically a cardiac surgery resident in there with him helping. They'll also have what I just think is very fascinating is what the scrub nurse or scrub tech does, because that scrub nurse is, is responsible for setting up the whole sterile field and responsible for handing him 
what he needs. And depending on the surgery, they can almost anticipate what he'll need at what time. It's just very amazing to watch that relationship. Wow. Between so is, that, is that a nuanced relationship based on the person or is that a commonality with that role? It's a surgery? commonality with that role. Wow. So there's the scrub nurse. So who's, who's next in line? So then you'll have a circulating nurse. So the circulating nurse is a non-sterile person and that person's responsible for getting them any extra things that they may need for the case and opening it sterilely for the sterile field. Also, they update the family. They document the counts. So make sure needle counts, sponge counts, instrument counts are all correct with that scrub nurse, all really important roles. Hmm. The other thing that is a role specific to really cardiac surgery is the role of a perfusionist. So perfusionist's main job is to run the heart and lung machine. Uh, that's a very intricate machine. And then there's cardiac anesthesia. So these are the anesthesiologists who have special training in cardiac surgery. And they're managing the patient where doctor, the surgeon is responsible for doing the surgery. Mm-hmm. That cardiac anesthesiologist is responsible for managing the patient, the breathing tube, the medications, the drips, looking at the blood pressures and what we call hemodynamics of the patient to make sure they're stable. And they typically have about two to four residents back there with them as well for anesthesia. It sounds like there are just very, very crystal clear defined roles and expectations of each person. And they all have an intricate but finite goal as part of the broader goal. So meaning like the the goal of the anesthesiologist is to care for the patient. Yes, it's about the surgery, but their goal is to care for the patient. The scrub nurse, their goal is very different. It's make sure the situation is sterile and anticipate what the doctor, the physician needs. What is the role of the leader in that team setting when they walk in and they're ready, it's go time. They're ready to perform the surgery at hand. So by the time that leader walks into the OR, that patient is basically ready to go. So he's ready to get scrubbed in and start the operation. But one thing we always do in healthcare is something we call a timeout. So we make sure we have the right patient, the right site, the right procedure. So everybody kind of knows the plan going into that surgery. So everybody knows what their role is going to be. And this is where we use in healthcare in these kinds of scenarios, more closed loop communication, where it's clear direction. He might say, fill the heart. And the perfusionist is going to repeat back filling the heart or down on flow. And then that person's going to repeat back down on flow. So really quickly, before we talk to Dr. Gosev, what happens after the surgery that um, you think is the role of the leader in, in ensuring a high functioning, high performing team? Ooh, yes. So they do a couple things here where he particularly does a safety pause before a really important part of the case at the end of the case, making sure everybody's on the same page as we're kind of transitioning. There's a big transition in a lot of these surgeries. We always do a safety pause where everybody kind of stops and we discuss something very quickly and then we kind of move on to that transition piece. The other big transition is the transition from the operating team to the ICU team. And here they do something called a huddle. But when the patient gets to the ICU, nobody touches that patient 
until the huddle is done. So the mm -hmm. operating team does a handoff of that patient, everything that happened, what drugs they're on, what their settings are, what their vital signs look like before the ICU team kind of takes over. And as a patient, you're like, yeah, I hope that communication is great. Once you think about it from that patient's perspective. So is, is, is this your version of process and documenting, like what's the expectations of the process at this point and, and these finite points that like, you cannot go beyond this if that huddle hasn't occurred. Is that kind of how you would translate it to a business setting? Yes. Nobody is going to take over care of that patient until that process happens. You know, a lot of things we do in healthcare and a lot of things we change as far as a process may come from a patient adverse event or something that didn't go well. So we're in the operating room. We don't question what's happening, but say something didn't go as planned. We always sit down afterwards and review that. And what can we do better? What went wrong? What can we do differently next time? And do we need to implement a better process so this doesn't happen again? It's fascinating. What amazes you most, like when you take, take a step back and, and you think about heart surgery and the complex um, surgeries that those, those entail and the team dynamics and the communication, all of the system working together in the best interest of that patient, like what amazes you most just looking back on and reflecting on that? Although everyone has a different role, our common goal is to fix that patient's heart and make sure that they have the best chance and the best outcome possible. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you again. Nice meeting you too. Can you hear us? Uh, I can hear you, yeah, yeah. So talk to me about your perspective on, on leadership when it comes to um, cardiac surgery. It's a balancing act between different stakeholders that, that, that you have to talk to during the day. You know, nurses uh, and nurse practitioners, uh, other physicians, other services, um, you know, bad coordinators. Uh, all the, all, they all have their goals for the day. And, you know, from my perspective, I need to try to find a balance between all these things so things can run smoothly. I started... Yeah nowhere as a leader, basically only what I've seen from other people. And then you kind of move along in this role and, you know, try to see how to, you know, do things better. Right. To shape yourself because there is no textbook. There's no class that you can take to become a leader. It's, it's trial and tribulation every single day in those very stressful, intense moments, as I can imagine you're in. In the heat of the surgery room OR moment where the patient is on the table um, and your role as leader is to ensure that that surgery goes as planned. Um, talk to me about the emotional intelligence that goes into that position that you hold and how you do the very intricate surgeries that you perform, but also keep in touch with the team around you to make sure that they are all functioning as a high-powered team. Uh, that's, that's a really great question. And different people do it differently. I think the most important thing is that, you know, you have to be in control. You have to know what you're doing. From there, your leadership style can differ. Some people are very, uh, you know, aggressive and, and loud and uh, kind of very authoritarian. Uh, other people ha are, are more mellow and, and let team member pick up where they left. My style is, I think, somewhere in the middle. Uh, I like to be in control. 
I try to communicate the best I can, especially you know this this type of procedures that we do, like left ventricular assist device, are uh, as far as the procedure goes a little more uh, complicated than than some you know equally uh, as important but somewhat more simpler procedures like for instance hernia repair. It, there's just more moving parts, and all these different algorithms that we ha- have are put together so things can flow smoothly. And so uh, you are uh, in charge of kind of trying to balance those algorithms and 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 kind of divert in them if things go uh, not the way you would expect, and still hold your calm because by losing your calm, you know your team members are then who kind of depend on you making the right move. So it's, it's one big group effort. And I think knowing your team, knowing what you do, uh, and eventually, you know, through experience, you get better. Right. It's knowing the strengths and weaknesses of everybody on your team to make sure that you activate them in the right moment and that they all work together. Because like you said, you don't perform a surgery on your own. You're not the sole person in that room. And I think in across any industry, I think it's typical to see leaders functioning as if they know all and that they don't need anybody around them and just tell people what to do. But in fact, rebellious leadership goes the other way. Yes, you do need to be in control in those times where things go wrong or right. People are looking to you to say, what should we do when something like that happens? But at the same time, you have this mutual respect for all of those high-functioning people as part of the team to do their job at the best of their ability and your bar is set very high, but you cannot do it without them. No. What's your take on that team mentality when it comes to healthcare? So sometimes, you know, I, I can, you know, try to make everyone be relaxed and comfortable, but, you know, then switch this mode from kind of, oh, we're fun and joking to, okay, now every step is very important. So every step needs to be done, you know, uh, just the right way. So I think flipping back and forth, I think is one of my strengths. So as a mentor for surgical residents that you're training, what do you hope that they take away from most under your mentorship? They get different things from different surgeons. There's four different surgeons in our practice and we all have our little, you know, nuances. And I think for me, is this calmness and constant communication. Why did you decide to do this in the first place? I'm from Croatia and, you know, I was, you know, at my fifth year of medical school and we somehow ended up on the surgical rotation, cardiac surgery. And then there was this amazing guy doing this amazing surgery. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be like him. And then I learned that he actually played keyboards in my favorite band from the 80s. And I was like, yeah, that's him. This is what I want to (laughs) do. That's how I went into this whole cardiac surgery business. That's the leader. I mean, that's the most amazing part about that story. And um, reflecting on your value as a leader, like you may have triggered that. I'm sure you have triggered that moment for someone else who aspired to be in the, in the role that you are in now. And I think it takes a lot of self-reflection and understanding of the power that leaders have on the futures of others, because that has happened for all of us in these leadership roles. Yeah, well, you know, I, I hope so. And I don't think that they'll have me play keyboards for them. But one of my you know, goals was to do this cardiac surgery in uh, Africa. And I did that as a fellow at Brigham. And then, you know, life takes you different routes. And, you know, you, but you end up still wanting to kind of do stuff like that. I just find that very cool. It's a little bit different than what I do now. But, you know, that, that was always kind of my, my second dream, like in Lord of the Rings, second breakfast. Yep. <laughs> What's the one thing um, you hope everybody takes away from, from understanding the role of leadership in, in heart surgery? Understand other people. 
like a good leader, you have to hear them, really hear what they're saying. And that's sometimes hard and sometimes requires you to be really humble. But I think if you are to be a good leader, uh, you know, I think you have to be able to listen. But that is something I find being the most important thing. Thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Gosev. It's nice talking to you. Thank you.